Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. Welcome back to the show. If you could have any mentor, who would it be? For most people, they've never considered this question, or maybe they've never even considered having a mentor in the first place. In this episode, Jeff Bush, VP of Business Development over at Parkland USA, shares his strategies for finding great mentors that can help your career grow and prosper. Plus, you'll discover the big twist he experienced in his career that led to his success on down the road, including his exciting new role at Parkland. Enjoy. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Welcome aboard. Let's start out letting everybody know here at Parkland, what's your role? So, yes, I'm the Vice President of Business Development. I uh, just got here at Parkland maybe a month and a half, two months ago now. And uh, so I'm really excited to be a part of the team. And so got this uh, VP of uh, Business Development role going on and really just exploring a lot of things for us to conquer in the next couple of years. Perfect. We're going to jump into that today, but let's start out a little bit about with where you grew up and what's been your career journey. Yeah, so it's funny. I actually grew up in Lewis, Delaware. And uh, I ended up down here in the southeast of the military. Uh, my career journey is a little unique. So at 14 years old, I actually started my first business. And I was one of those stubborn kids. I was the oldest of seven boys and uh, came from an extremely, wow. extremely poor background. And, uh, you know, we, we grew up very poor. And I wanted to figure out how to sort of escape that. And I thought that was through entrepreneurship. And so I did that uh, with some mentorship and started a landscape business and, and took it from there. So I kind of evolved through different pieces of, of odd mm. career moves. So I joined the military after 9-11. That was a big, uh, a big turning moment in my life. And uh, I joined the military, thought I was going to be a lifer there, but got injured and got uh, boarded out of the military and had to pivot to something else. So I started my own company again. And um, lo and behold, uh, landed in with a local company uh, in Savannah, Georgia called Parker's. And worked up the channel through convenience store retailing there through operations, real estate and strategy development. And then I uh, came into contact with some folks here at Parkland and explored that more this year and, and jumped over on, on the Parkland ship. So that's the that's the elevator story of my career. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, that was a great drive through there uh, of your journey. So growing up, you know, we you said seven siblings. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Six I brothers. Mean, I was the oldest of seven. Six yeah. brothers. I mean. Did you ever feel like a baseball team or basketball team or just like <laughs> the, we were the ready. kids again? Oh, yeah. We were ready all the time. There was never a dull moment. I can tell you that. There was always some sport was being played every single day. Yeah, there was I something bet. going on. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And so then you started this business of 14. Yeah. What's, a, what's a time when you learn something about being an entrepreneur when you're 14 in that landscape business? Oh, man. I'll tell you. So in a weird way having, so again, going back to everything being relative, right? So I grew up poor. And so those first couple of paychecks that came through, I really didn't know how to manage money. You know, I, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to having it and wasn't used to experiencing it. So, you know, I bought a new car almost right away and I didn't have a car. And so I bought a new car and I thought that was the greatest thing. And I was 
spending money on silly things as a teenager, like teenagers do, but also a teenager who didn't know what having money was like and what saving money was like. Uh I learned a lot of hard lessons. And I'll tell you what was interesting is by the time I was 16, I started my second company and by way of sort of trying to avoid those lessons of understanding, where do you put your money? You don't put your money in in junk. <laughs> and so I was I was buying junk and I got some great advice from, from a mentor to, you know, focus on other things that I enjoy. And mm-hmm. so that's that's sort of you know how that transcribed transpired. But you yeah. know, it's interesting. You learn a lot of hard lessons at a young age, and you especially learn a lot of hard lessons at a young age thinking you can be your own boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, well, first of all, congratulations on starting a business that actually generated money. Yeah, <laughs> you have to get a car. That's a yeah. that's a huge win, uh, but yeah, no, that's a that's a great thing. You learn how to make money, but you learn what to do with it after you after you made it later in life. It sounds like after you had some lessons, and it sounds like you also yeah. had some mentoring. Uh, th- this um, you know, mentoring is something that comes up a lot with us senior leaders. Uh, is this something that you have sought throughout your career specifically, or are they just kind of crossed your path as you've gone along? How's it been? Ben, we, we could spend days talking about this because I truly believe success is so indicative of having that information value and experience value that you can pull in from others who have been there, done that, mm-hmm. whether it's through leveraging your network you know, of, of people that have had success and things you're wanting to venture into or just personal issues, whatever the case may be. I sought mentorship since I was a young teenager. And what I've learned through my life is not only should you have mentors, you should have mentors in all the different faucets of your life, whether it's personal or business and all the different fightums in there. And, you know, I, today I have a CEO coach, I have a personal mentor, I have different business mentors and real estate business and personal life. And I would, I, I just can't tell you how much I would beat this drum for every single person, whatever stage of life you're in to have a mentor. You, it's absolutely necessary. And it's something that I, drill into my kids' heads all the time is don't just listen to us as your parents. Find mentorship through your friends' parents or through your teachers or whomever it may be because being able to learn from experiences of those that have been there and done that allows you to accelerate your life, whether it's through business success or personal success or relationship success, whatever it is. So you have to cut me off on that one because I'll tell you, that's something that you and I could probably do its own podcast on. I'm just, I'm so passionate about mentorship, doing it while you're young, and also obviously from my own hardships and experiences, financial literacy. Those two things combined, <laughs> I, I could sit here and write a, and help you write a book. You'd have to, you'd have to do the, uh, the fact checking and uh, spelling check and grammar, but, but I'll give you the passion. <laughs> well, that's such a rich uh, thing that you just shared there, that the impact of mentors. And I really love the, the fact that you're really putting the onus on us, the listeners to this today in the interview to seek out mentors in all aspects of life, not just waiting for luck or happenstance to have someone to cross our path. And I don't think I truly understood that until I was a little bit older about the power of that. So you can see for you and your success uh, on your story, how much those mentors have meant. What advice do you have for someone, you know, an employee in Parkland now who might be thinking, yeah, you know what? I've heard about mentors. I haven't really been proactive in, in identifying them. Uh, where should they get started in, in, in seeking a good mentor? I think sometimes you you have to take stock of those that are already around you. I think sometimes you have a mentor and you don't realize it, mm-hmm. and you're maybe not leveraging that enough. Other times, I think there are people that you are naturally attracted to through some sort of 
wisdom they have or maybe advice they've given you and you realize, wow, that was really solid advice. It actually worked out. You Sometimes you just have to be self-reflective and understand that, you know, sometimes your stable of mentors are already there. Then there's the next layer where, yes, there are, you know, you got to take that chance. You know, I could tell you some really funny stories I, I've written. If you look at my LinkedIn contacts, you'll you'll sit there and go, how is this guy connected with this celebrity or this whatever? I will just write, I mean, serious, transparent emails and just say, hey, I, you know, I'm just really curious if I could pick your brain on this question or that question. And you got to figure out how you can get back to them as well. Because in life, we mm. all have varied experiences. None of us, none of us have even 1% of the total knowledge that's out there in the universe, right? And so collectively, we do have something to give to each other. And without going too much on a tangent on empathy and, and wisdom, those things, but we have so much to give to each other and that there's opportunities that you might not think are there to present themselves that just simply just knock on the door, you know, just ask yeah. someone simply, Hey, look, I'm dealing with this in my life. i see that you've conquered that in yours. Any advice? Cause guess what? People innately love to help others, you know, and right now on, on, you know, this conversation right here, Ben, I would love for someone to reach out to me and just say, Hey, I just started at Parkland too. You know, any insight? Who wouldn't love to be able to say, I just went through my first 30, 60 days. Here's some tips, you know, like, I mean, how great is that, right? You give somebody yeah. a head start and then you feel good about it. And it's, it's just, it's the circle, right? You're giving back and you're receiving and, you know, those things just help us all move forward. So, yeah, what's some, what a great success strategy there. And I love the idea of, of making it maybe part of your team culture um, and, you know, where people do that, because I think maybe the first people aren't used to reaching out like you are, uh, you know, this is something that's going to be new and a little awkward for them, but you can see the power of it. And so, I mean, Jeff just gave you an invitation to reach out to him. So everyone, <laughs> 100%. this could be your first one you know, 100%. is to reach out to Jeff right now uh, and, and uh, ask him about mentoring you for the first few days. And who knows, he might have a few questions for you, especially if you've been around Parkland for a while. Absolutely. We are looking for drivers. Know a safe CDL licensed driver? Refer them to Parkland USA, and if we hire them, you'll get an employee referral bonus. Bonuses range from $1,000 to $2,000, depending upon the rock and the need for drivers. Please spread the word and let your dispatcher or people and culture manager know of any potential leads. You are listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. So what are you most proud of in your career? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I... I I really would say that the most important thing that, that I can kind of continue to hang my hat on is all the people and, and all the teams that, you know, I've been, whether a small part or big part, have been able to play a part in creating and driving success, you know, being a conduit of relationships and projects, you know, there's so much, but I would say the biggest thing is just looking back on those people that have just sprinted past me that I've helped, you know, develop. I'll tell you one of my favorite stories. So, it starts sounding like an individualistic story, but it's not. So I became the NCO of the year uh, for the Southeast Command of the military. And I thought in that moment, it was like the crowning achievement for in the military yeah. for me. And, and, and what does that acronym stand for? So, uh, so it's a non, non-commissioned officer. Okay. okay. So it, yeah. So um, it's it's basically, you know, in a way for people who aren't familiar with the military, it's sort of like, you know, getting into management, I guess, is a better mm -hmm. way to look at it, right? Your first rung of management. So I had a few soldiers that reported to me and, and uh, I was really, you know, gung ho on just trying to evolve and be the best I could be. Right. So, 
So went and competed, um, succeeded. And I thought, you know, the most important thing I can take from this is I've learned the process. I figured out how to compete. I know how to be an athlete, both mentally and physically, you know, mm-hmm. and all the things the army's looking for. How can I go back and train someone to do it? And then I trained my soldier for the next year and he went and won soldier of the year. That to me is one of the most crowning achievements <laughs> in my life. Wow. That my own personal achievement is, you know, down buried in the list because what you realize through life is that those personal achievements don't get you that far. There, that's more, it's like a medal on your wall, right? But the achievements you succeed through, you know, with other people, those are the things that push the mm. tide forward. Those are the things that lift mm. the tide for all ships. That's how you all of a sudden start realizing that you get these exponential returns in life, where for you to be more successful, you've got to have some really strong shoulders to stand on in life. And you can't just do it, go at it alone. You know, if you move in that mountain, it's one stone at a time. But if you're doing one stone at a time by yourself, you're going to be there for a lifetime trying to move it. Right. So wow. that's something I've learned mm. really in, in sometimes hard ways and sometimes easy ways in life. So all that goes together with that mentorship conversation too. Yeah. I love it. And it also makes me think about legacy, which a lot of us think about like, what's, what, what's the legacy that we're leaving behind And the metal isn't the legacy. It's the relationships and how you've impacted the lives of others. And I love that 100%. example, right. You know, right there. And, yeah. um, you know, as so I got to tell you yeah. something, sorry, go ahead. No, please. So I'll tell you something else, Ben, too. So in life, I've established what I call an MTP. I'm Mike, so MT, the letters MTP, mm-hmm. Mike Tango Papa. And I call that a massive transformative purpose. And mm-hmm. so it's something I've established for myself. And what you, what I figured out is, you know, in life, if you set these goals that are, you know, achievable over the next year, two years, three years, whatever the case may be, you sort of got to start taking stock of going, well, what am I really building towards? That mm. MTP, and I stole this from uh, conversations with Stephen Kotler in the book he's, he worked on, The Art of Impossible. It's really about how do you build a purpose that's so much bigger than you, that can't even be achieved in your lifetime, but it's something mm. that you can start building the foundation for, the platform for, but you got to bring the others in, right? You got to bring family members in, friends in or whatever, and help them achieve it. And it can be business, it can be generational wealth, it can be education, whatever it is. I mean, it's individualistic to you and your purpose. But what ends up happening is it allows you to start seeing the building blocks go together. How do I use experience A from 10 years ago to pair up with experience B from last year to all Mm -hmm. of a sudden achieve this new goal of C that maybe you thought was something that wasn't even possible in your life? You know, you see people like Jeff Bezos, and you think, hey, he started in a garage. You know, I mean, like, incredible. We yeah. all can do it, right? So, anyway, I digress. Yeah, it can be done. <laughs> but I love that it's almost like you've got to have a mind that can hold a bigger vision. Absolutely. And one that, a bigger one than what you can control or achieve uh, by yourself, you know, bringing in other yeah. people. And I love the idea of looking at your career. Uh, as as it continues after you've left this earth, your your career impact continues on, and it's only going to continue on by who you've got involved and who you got bought into that original vision that you set during your lifetime. Hundred percent, man. We're getting deep here. I like that. <laughs> I'm liking this winning drive. This is this is good. Um, so, what do you want employees to most understand about you? I think a lot of the things we just talked about, you know, uh, you know, and, and it kind of goes right to the, you know, the title of the podcast, right? So I love to achieve. I love to see others achieve. And, you know, I think a lot of times these types of personalities can sometimes come off as, you know, just going 100 miles an hour. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's, you always got to be, ident- you always got to identify your character weaknesses. I know that's one of mine. And, but it's always, for me, it's always about trying to see the greater organization succeed, mm-hmm. other people ex- succeed. So if there was a quick and fast story handbook I could hand to somebody, is, although I might be going 100 miles an hour 24 7, and, and my wife will be the first one to attest to it that I, I probably need to figure out how to slow down. It's really, I do it because I love seeing people succeed. And it's just one of those things where I want to help. And I just want to see you just go further and faster, you know, than any of us think is possible. So that's, that's the, that's the biggest thing I think. So running so fast and leading, you know, your previous organization, Parker, and now here, what's your, so what's your daily routine to, to approaching this and, and going so hard? Cause you say you don't slow down, but sometimes do you just hit a wall and need to, or ha- how do you yes. how do you manage rest? I'm thinking the employees too, because they're because I mean Parkland, you guys are it's like a rocket ship right now. You guys are fast yeah. growth. How do they how how should they be thinking about taking care of themselves and taking care of the company mission? You know, and making sure that, sure that they're in it for the for the long haul. Absolutely, and I tell you, my first thing is I, I would say health is wealth, right? Both mm-hmm. mental and physical. So I meditate uh, twice a day. That's sort of my slowdown period. Um, and every, that's individualistic, right? So like for me, mindfulness, you know, is so important and it's important both to understand patients. You can't, to your point, you can't go hundred miles an hour, 24 hours a day. If you don't find the time of the day to force yourself to decompress and mm. there's so many ways to do it, but mindfulness and mindfulness practice is important for your own well-being mentally mm-hmm. and then physically. I, I work out every day. I think that's important too. I think, you know, just keeping your body, you know, in check and what you eat in check and, you know, the things you think. And it's, you know, it's, of course, we all have, you know, sort of negative connotations to certain things in life. And we think, you know, different things, different perspectives, but it's important to find those moments in life where you can really congregate on the positive and focus hard about what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. You know, when for me, Mm -hmm. my mindfulness practice, I really try to focus on, you know, what's success look like? What are we trying to achieve in life? And, you know, where's the next step? And then try to bring it all the way back to the tactical where you're thinking, okay, what am I trying to accomplish tomorrow? And you yeah, do that in a place and you get, you get in a routine, right? And it allows you to kind of, to go a hundred percent, even when you find those times and take it down to 10%, right? Trying to relax and decompress. And, you know, I got three kids too. So you gotta, you gotta balance, you know, I, I, that, I yeah. think work and life balance is a misnomer. I think it all blends together, but you got to find a way for it to work. That's important. And uh-huh. I think that's what you're really asking. On the mindfulness front, on the meditation, do you have a certain type of meditation that you practice? Um, yes. Yeah. So I started doing TM uh, transcendental meditation yep. about four years ago. I've since changed uh, to a different type. And uh, I've started doing that probably about a year and a half ago now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that. And I do that twice a day for about 30 minutes twice a day. Um, and it depends sometimes wow. longer, sometimes more. And you talk about daily routine. So I'm a five 30 in the morning guy. I get up at five 30, believe it or not, we're moving right now. So I got to take the dogs out. There's a whole big thing there too. Right. But, but the point of my routine is I get up, I have coffee and I find that moment before the day gets chaotic, you know, where I can take, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sit there and just think, and, you know, sort of, you know, really just let the yesterday sink in and let today sort of evolve. So. Yeah, it's so important. I love that. Well, you so you're running so hard in your day. And one of the ways to slow down, it sounds like a scheduling time, make it routine. And some people say, oh, just slowing down and watching some TV or, or chilling yeah. out with a book. 
but you're like, no, I need you're it's, it's a very active slowdown for you with a uh, meditation. Yeah. And, um, meditation. I, I, I really enjoy that too. Um, and having that intention is it just, pro, it just provides that nice energy boost and a bit of focus. And it sounds like you've got some nice visualization going in there too, where you're really exactly. focused on your end goals and reminding yourself. And for those listening today, I mean, what, what Jeff's talking about can be so useful to you, even if you haven't done meditation, but if you're just thinking about your goals every day and you've got those front and center, it helps you from doing just work for work's sake, which no one loves to do. Um, right. Really thinking about the bigger picture. Um, and it, so wrapping this, well, I've got two more questions for you. Um, number one, you talked about moving and kids. Tell us a little bit about what you like to do outside of work. Well, you talked about one thing I like to read. I read a lot. Um, I'm actually in the middle of reading uh, Richard Branson's book, um, Losing My Virginity. And it's just so unbelievable. I love that book. Oh, it's such oh, a great book. It's so oh, entertaining. It really it's is. So it's, it's, it's so, oh. I love the, the transparency of, you know, successful folks, when you read it and you understand their struggles as much as their successes, you know, when you hear about the wins, you realize people aren't human. And we've all had so many setbacks, so many losses and, and failures in life that you have to own those. And I love mm -hmm. how he owns them. But reading's a hobby of mine, spending time with my kids, whatever they want to do, you know, whenever we find time, you know, that's a big thing. My daughters are teenagers. Are I bet. Oh, yeah. 13 year old, a 13 year old daughter, a 12 year old daughter and a four year old son. And, uh, We've just hit that stage of boyfriend and, and it was, it <laughs> rocked me. Let me tell you, Ben, it was a tough week. It rocked me last week. You, you might need some mentoring in that area. Yeah. I can't help you. Yeah. Mine's only 10. My daughter's 10. So I don't know about that. Oh, I, I, I will be seeking some sort of help. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Uh, but, you know, so there's that. My wife is, you know, is the love of my life, man. And we spend so much time together. She actually, and throw a shout out, she actually said her 200th Peloton ride today. So she's kicking Ooh. butt. We both work out a lot. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we spend time together, and 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 uh, a lot of it is just based around family activities. Whatever time we have, we try to do it together. So, I like to fish. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a good golfer. I'm, I'm more of a laugh at me while I'm out there golfer. So, <laughs> you mentioned that Richard Branson book, and the story. There are many stories in that book that that really, uh, sort of are very memorable. But there's this one in the beginning where he talks about being a young boy, and his mom just basically pushes him out of a, not a moving car, but just kind of slows down, throws him out of the car in the middle of the woods and basically tells him to find his way home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was, I don't know how many miles, like miles from his house. Yeah. Then he yeah. gets home and right when he walks in the door, she says, all right, now go ask the neighbor if you need help chopping wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always There's testing no him. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that, that book is a real, uh, it is a, a good read. book. Yeah. I, I love to read. And that one, I'm glad I picked that one up. It's a good book. So uh, last question uh, for this part of our interview today. Um, when's the time you had a twist or failure in your career and how did it lead your success on down the road? Yeah, so there's been there's been a few. You know, I would say, I wouldn't call it necessarily a failure, but getting injured in the military was definitely a, a detour and a big sort of twist in the road for my career. I thought I was a lifer. My wife and I thought we were going to live in the military. We loved it. That's actually how I got down to the Southeast from Delaware. Mm -hmm. And uh, getting injured really just kind of set us in a different path. And it was sort of waking up one morning, you know, being out and realizing, okay, what's next? How do we do this? How do we go about life? What's, what's, what's after that? And then, you know, it was important to just figure out that, you know, just take things one step at a time and, 
don't lose track of your bigger focus, your bigger purpose and where you're trying to go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just take one, one step at a time. And the other thing I'll say is that, you know, I think in life and and I could list a million of them, but there's been a lot of projects that have failed that I've worked tirelessly on. There's a lot of things that you've put blood, sweat and tears in life that just Mm -hmm. have failed. And so generally speaking, I'll say, you know, what you end up learning after you've had so many failures is they end up being those pivotal moments in your life and in your career the wins are great. It's great to hang your hat on the wins, but those failures are really round. That's what rounds you out and makes you who you are as a leader, you know, as a team member, as a, as a friend, whatever the case is, and you end up building better bonds. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that, you know, I think about the things that have happened in my career and the failures that we've had and how we've worked past them or worked through them or built upon them. They end up being those sort of the war stories that you really build on that go, wow, that didn't happen. If that didn't fail, we wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't have succeeded because it built grit, it built tenacity, it allowed us to, you know, put some fire into us to drive harder. So, you know, without going to specifics, there's probably so many that definitely just understanding for the listeners that failure is necessary. Failure are the building blocks that really make us who we are. It builds character and it really helps you get more experience on how to drive forward. Yeah, I, I love so much about that. And the way you're processing that challenge in your military career allows you to, to learn from it. I mean, I think so yeah. many people, they don't take the time to reflect on what just happened and they just kind of suffer or they <laughs> are just sad about it. And yes, yeah. I'm sure, you know, it, it, it's normal to experience sadness when something doesn't go you know, go well and you have a failure, but taking the time to think about it and, and, and looking at, like you say, the positive relationships and the opportunities, that sounds like a real, um, a real formula for success down the road. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show today and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, Ben. Thanks for having me. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. Reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.